Thank you for tuning in to The Trisha Goyer Show. I'm sharing my heart and answering questions about faith, writing, homeschool, big family living, and so much more. I'll also be digging deep into meaningful conversations with other authors, speakers, moms, and God lovers. I'm your host, Trisha Goyer, wife to John, mom of 10, author of over 80 books, speaker, homeschooler, avid reader, and mega nap taker. I'm so glad you're here. When is the last time you read young adult fiction? Now, I recently just finished Death by Kara Swanson, and I literally was blown away. Now, it was vibrant, it was memorizing, and I have to say, I was so impressed. Now, the story is the truth about Neverland told with a different twist. Claire Kenton believes the world is too dark for magic to be real since her twin brother was stolen away as a child. Now Claire's desperate search points to London and a boy who shouldn't exist. Now, I found myself so caught up in this retelling of Peter Pan. And even if you don't read young adult fiction like me, I think you're really going to love it. Okay, friend, what do you think of when you hear the words, family devotions. If you're new to my podcast or even new to the Christian faith, you might have no idea what that means. Does that mean that family members spend time sharing about how much they are devoted to each other? If that were the case, my younger kids would either make it a joke or make it a fight. I can hear them now. I'm more devoted for you. I'm more devoted to you. No, I am. Or maybe you've been around church a while and you know that term family devotions means you should be gathering your kids together daily to read God's word with them or maybe a devotional book and then you should pray, you know, all those things we should be doing. In reality, it's hard to make it happen. Life is busy, right? For so many years, whenever I heard the term family devotions, I felt guilty. I never thought I was doing enough. Maybe you feel the same. Yet, what is required and what is important? As we'll talk about on this podcast, parents are the primary spiritual influence of their children. What we do does make a difference. But before we jump into talking about being a faith-focused parent and about family devotions, I want to talk about truth-telling. Mainly, I want to chat about our kids. How do they know the grace and sacrifice of Jesus? That that is enough. More than anything, I want to focus that on our kids really, really knowing that. Really knowing that they can turn everything over to Jesus and they can have confidence in him. Now, why am I really focusing on this right now? Because I'm going to be sharing an email that I received from my website. I've edited it down and I won't share any specific details But it's from a teen girl, and I think the heart of her message is really important for all of us to hear and understand. She says, I'm a teen girl who's grown up in a Christian home, but I've never had a personal relationship with God myself. 
It's not that I hate God. In fact, I want to know him. But almost a year ago, I started feeling worried about not knowing God. Now I feel anxious all the time about not knowing God, and I want to get to know him better and become a Christian, but I don't know how. I keep on praying and telling God that I need him, asking him to help me. I want him to take away my sin, but nothing ever changes. I don't know if I'm just not sincere enough. I don't fully understand how to come to faith. The Bible says that only God can save us, not we ourselves. So how do I come to believe? Would you please pray for me and pray that God would work mightily in my life to bring me to him? That just breaks my heart that she's praying and asking God to take away her sins, but she feels that nothing ever changes. So my heart just broke when I read that. And this is what I wrote back. This is part of what I wrote back. I said, thank you so much for your message. I remember feeling the same way. However, however, there is a significant shift from wanting to do the right thing and be a good Christian to truly understanding that God loves me completely. The truth is, I felt like this for a very long time. For so, so long, I tried to make God happy and do everything right. It's very, very hard. And it wasn't until even the last seven years that I truly felt loved by God. I remember one day after having a hard day with kids, I had this huge pile of laundry, I had a bad attitude, I was overwhelmed and stressed out, and I felt I wasn't doing anything good enough. Then at that moment in my laundry room, I felt God speak to my heart. I felt him say, I love you just as much with this large pile of laundry and when you feel you're not doing anything right. That moment was the beginning of understanding how crazy God is about me. More than anything, a relationship with God takes faith. It's trusting that from the very first prayer, when you're asking Jesus to be Lord of your life, you're already completely loved and accepted. I'm praying that God will speak to your heart. Maybe read through the Psalms and allow those words to speak to you. Know that I'm praying. So if you're a parent or grandparent or mentor, this note from this teen probably causes you to pause. I felt the same. Sometimes we are so diligent about teaching our kids about God, we forget to remind them how much God adores them. Also, we're good about teaching our kids about the rules, but sometimes we forget to share about grace. The good news is, no matter where you are or how old your kids are, today is a day that we can share the good news of Jesus with them. So today I am talking to Michael Kelly. He's the author of the family devotional book, The Whole Story for the Whole Family. I love this devotional book, but I want to make sure to emphasize something that Michael said as we chatted. He said, having a family devotion lays the groundwork so you can have more spontaneous conversations all through the day. So friend, don't feel guilty if you haven't gathered your family around to read the Bible, read God's word, or read a devotional book for a while. Instead of feeling guilty, I hope you walk away from this podcast feeling inspired, knowing that whatever steps we take, we are leading and influencing our children in unique ways. So don't make this just an item on your to-do list. Instead, ask God to help you to lead your children to Him so that they may know Him, accept Him as Lord of their lives, and live in the confidence of the relationship with him for all their days. I know you're going to enjoy this podcast. 
Well, today we are going to be talking about family devotions. And you're like, what? What are you talking about? Family devotions? Like, what does that mean? I grew up in a home where my mom became a Christian when I was really young, but everything was completely new. My stepdad wasn't a Christian. So when I started having kids, this was new to me too. But today I have an amazing resource I want to share with you, but let me introduce you with my guest first. Michael Kelly is a husband and father of three who lives in Nashville, Tennessee, where he serves as the senior vice president of church Ministries for Lifeway Christian Resources. Yay! Shout out to Lifeway. <laughs> He's also the author of other books like Wednesdays Were Pretty Normal, Boring, and Growing Down. You could find him online, but welcome, Michael. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here to talk about this. It's, it's really exciting. Yeah, I'm so glad. This book is awesome. Um, when I saw it come across my email about interviewing you, I said, yes, let's talk about this. So your book is The Whole Story for the Whole Family, A Year of Jesus-Centered Family Devotions. And I love this, but let's start even before, like maybe some people are wondering why devotions, what does that even mean? Maybe some people are like me um, growing up where it wasn't something they did in life. So let's just start there. Yeah, that's, I think that's the right place to start. So why do that? You, I mean, it's not like uh, all of us who have kids don't have enough going on already. Why would we? Why would we? We want to add something else to the schedule. I, I think the most basic reason uh, to do that is because the Lord really wants us to. You know, it's it's mm. God's intent. Uh, I believe that parents really are the primary spiritual influence uh, in the lives of their children. Now, that's not to um, decrease the influence or the importance of the local church at all, but really an ideal situation is when, you know, kids are, are, are hearing uh, the Bible and praying together both uh, uh, at home and at church. And, and when that happens, uh, what it does, I think, is just normalizes the spiritual conversations, particularly in the home. So uh, I think it's important for parents to, to realize that, you know, having a family devotion, it, even if it's just 10 minutes uh, every single day, like that's not the goalpost. That's not the ending point. But what it often does is lay the groundwork so that you can have more spontaneous conversations all throughout the day. Um, and I think that's sort of the model that we find, particularly in the Old Testament, in the book of Deuteronomy, when, when you know, the, the Lord gives out this instruction that says that parents ought to uh, hang these commands on their doorposts. They ought to talk about uh, the Word of God when they're coming and when they're going. So that's, I think that's what we really want to get to, is just a, where it's the culture of our family, where we, we talk about the Bible and we pray together. That's, that's really an, an ideal situation. And what I've found when it comes to, my, we have 10 kids. So we have adult kids and then we have teenagers and our youngest is 10. We've, we have a lot of kids. And what I found is sometimes when we, we say we're going to do something new or we're going to try something, some people, some kids are like, what, what are you talking about? Especially if it's not something, you know, you've been doing since they were two or three, it may be unfamiliar. I know when we adopted some of our kids, they were teenagers and they would roll their eyes and like, what in the world are we doing? <laughs> and I think as parents, we can be discouraged when we think, oh, they're not even paying attention anyway. But what I found, like when we just take this time, first of all, when it becomes a habit, like pretty soon the kids are like, wait, we didn't do that today. Like they, they mm -hmm. may be looking forward to it more than they let on. And then also, even those ones that seem resistant, God's word still gets in their heart. 
even when it seems like they are not paying attention at all. Have you found that to be true too? Oh, 100%. Uh, now, I've I found it to be true, like, um, probably statistically less than you have. I'm just playing the odds here. Since you have 10 and I only have three, so I'm, I'm like parent novice <laughs> by, <laughs> by comparison. But, but I do think that's true. Uh, you might think of it like this, maybe, um, that the Bible really, it's not a microwave, it's a crock pot, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's how we're supposed to live with the Word of God. It's not necessarily that you open up God's word every single day and it's it's a flash of lightning and absolutely, yes, this is it. I'm, I'm you know, it, it, it doesn't work like that. Now, by God's grace, sometimes that happens and sometimes that happens with our kids. You know, you do have moments of clarity like that. I think the the way that it happens more often, though, is is what you said. You're simmering in God's word mm-hmm. day after day after day. And then what we found with our kids is is often, you know, you'll go weeks and weeks and weeks where it doesn't seem like they're plugged in. And then suddenly something will happen and they'll be able to recall a moment from weeks ago where you were positive they weren't listening to what was happening. But still, they've been there. They've, they've marinated in the word day after day after day. And it has slowly started to just seep in, seep into their hearts. Yeah, absolutely. And I found with my kids, often um, I'll hear them, oh, your daughter brought this up, you know, in a Sunday school class or one uh, friend, a friend from church is taking one of my daughters out for coffee once a week. And she'll say, oh, she was sharing all about what you're learning. I'm like, wow, it seems like she's not even paying attention. (laughs) But, you know, then I'm hearing from teachers or from other friends that like they're not only hearing it, even though it seems like they're not paying attention, they are sharing it. And I think that is a total win. Yeah, it's so encouraging when that uh, when that happens. I think that is a good word for parents who get discouraged because inevitably, what's going to happen is you know you 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 make this decision, especially if you've never done like set aside a time to spend together in God's Word before. If you've never done that before, inevitably, what's going to happen is the the first four or five days are are going to be great, and you're energized, and then you hit the weekend, and it's it's, <laughs> it's Monday morning. And it, it's, you're just not going to feel it. You know, the emotions are not going to be there. So you, you've got to find, I think, as a parent, someplace to get your encouragement other than just feeling it in the, in the mm-hmm. moment. You know, there's also a faith aspect to that, too. You know, I mean, faith is continuing on despite what evidence your senses might give you. So you really are believing that God's word is powerful, that the Holy Spirit uses God's word in all of our lives. And the evidence of the fact that you believe that is that you do just keep going. You know, you just keep going and, and trust oh, that eventually so it's going to, you're just going to bear fruit. That is so good. Cause I, I know sometimes I don't feel like it. I don't feel like sitting sure. down and, and you know, reading to my kids. And I think another thing too, even though your book is a year of Jesus centered family devotions, it might take you a year and a half, you know, oh, to get sure. through it. And that's okay too, because I mean, we just went on vacation. We took, I spoke at a conference and we took my kids, we get home and I'm like, who am I? What's going on? <laughs> like it takes yep. a couple days to settle in. I can feel like, Oh man, I don't even need to sit down with this devotional. It's been like two weeks. We haven't done it. No, don't feel that way. Like keep going. Like you said, be faithful in doing it because it will pay off. Um, So I do want to mention too, just the layout, because I want you to talk about, because it's so easy, like 
don't feel like, oh my goodness, I've never like studied the Bible for myself. You have made it easy for parents to sit down with their kids. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, I'm, I'm so glad to hear you say that. That I mean, that, that really is the intent, is that, is that a mom or a dad could pick up this book uh, and, and just go from the jump with, with very little preparation and have a time that is not overwhelming, that's really, really achievable, um, and that is engaging to, to their mm-hmm. kids. So, so the way that it's set up is that uh, it, it runs, the devotions run chronologically through the Bible. So at the same time, you know, you're, you're teaching sort of the overarching storyline of scripture as you walk through the book, but then at a daily basis, every day begins with some kind of activity. Sometimes it's a yeah. game or an object lesson, but, but I want to be clear here. It, it's not an object lesson like, um, okay, parents, you know, go and, and find some excess wood in the shed and build a birdhouse before you, it's not, it's not that it's, it's more like get a, get a, get a box of cereal out of out of the cabinet and put it on the table so that kind of thing something that's really yeah, really this one that i just opened to is like gather five or six household household objects and then like have them blindfold and they have to like see what they are like figure out what yeah. they are like that is super easy like yeah that's gonna take you 30 seconds to go do those get those things yep, yep. real really easy um and then that of course that object lesson is meant to kind of introduce conceptually what the what the text mm-hmm. is going to be. So you have the the little object lesson that's probably going to take you know one or two minutes, maybe 30 minutes, something like that. Uh, and then after that there's always a there's always a reading, there's always a text and the texts are meant to be pretty manageable. Most of the time I would say they're between you know maybe 8 to 15 verses that you read together. And, and it's then, straight out of the Bible. So it yeah, tells you like right. go to the Bible and like read this. It's not yep. in the book. So they see yep. it's like opening the Bible, which is always a good thing. <laughs> yep. I think so too. That's, that's one of the things we wanted to do. So you open the Bible and read the mm-hmm. text. Uh, and then after that, there's, there's uh, usually three or four brief paragraphs that can be read. So that those are, are just sort of uh, teaching paragraphs. And uh, it's meant to kind of summarize uh, not only this is this is what the Bible is saying in this particular text, but it's also meant to set in context of, okay, this is what we read yesterday, and even though we, we skipped in time 50 or 60 years, it's still important to understand where we are in the storyline. So th- there are those uh, paragraphs, and then after that, there are three or four just discussion questions to ask the, mm-hmm. to ask the kids. And those discussion questions vary. Some of them are are fact based questions where it's just meant to to help kids recall what was in the text. And then some of them are are more critical thinking kind of questions to help them uh, really personalize uh, these principles um, to eventually live it at, live it out. And then after that, there's always a prayer prompt. There's just a, a way. Here's how we can pray in in a light of this text. So our family uh, has has been has been doing this too. So it you know we. We, we're, we're, we're actually doing it. You know, we wrote it and yeah. we're, we're doing it. And, and it usually takes us, uh, I would say 10 to 15 minutes to get all the way through it. Um, and it is something that is really, really approachable. It's really friendly and it's something that's achievable, I think. What is the worth of a soul to Christ? Is it the same now as it was 2,000 years ago? In Pillars of Barabbas, 
author M.D. House shows how the times of the early Christian church differ little from our own. Including the treacherous moral and political waters, Christ's saints have always had to navigate with Christ's abiding help. Order this powerful testimonial, Pillars of Barabbas, on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, and fill the inspiring legacy left to us by those faithful followers of the Savior, Jesus Christ. love is usually the third question has something that they have to look at themselves so it's like what did you learn about Moses or Jacob or Esau for the first couple questions but then it's like what do your actions tell you about your heart or what are some ways to make sure we aren't worshiping idols in our lives (laughs) so I love that because I think so many times we teach the kids like these are the bible stories I remember like my, my mom was a new Christian going to church. I could tell you all the Bible stories, like personal application. I was like, I, mm. it, there, it never got around to that. So mm. I think I love that. Now we hear about these people. These were real people. These are their struggles. What about us? What are our struggles? And I find like, it always is helpful when my husband and I share like, this is what's going on, or this is how we see things, or this is something we've struggled with. Cause suddenly our kids are like, Whoa, like we thought you were perfect and we're like oh no 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 yeah that's right i love that we could all have the conversation about that together yeah i think that is helpful it's good i think for for kids to see that this is not when you read the bible it's we're not we're doing this as a family so so yes in a sense we are teaching you because you're the children but at Mm -hmm. the same time you know we're actually uh, we're actually growing from this uh ourselves i mean I, i i'm sure you can relate to this too but Boy, there there have been a lot of times where I've been just very, very deeply challenged by either the questions my kids will ask or the way that they mm-hmm. will view something, mainly because, you know, from a child's perspective, it's just so healthy to see the simplicity that children will often bring to issues that we tend to overcomplicate. Um, yeah. And so seeing, uh, seeing that beautiful kind of simplicity and then trying to apply that to your life spiritually, it's a, it's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing. And, and it, in that way, I think it's a mutually beneficial uh, kind of process to be in the Bible together. Absolutely. And I also love that it's the whole Bible. It's like you're not picking and choosing just the popular stories. Because, again, going back to my childhood, I learned the stories from Sunday school. But I couldn't tell you, like, if David lived before Abraham or before Jesus or I didn't understand how any of those people tied together at all because it was just, you know, flannel graph. This is really aging me back in the day. Um, It was just the stories. And I love that this is the whole Bible, the whole truth. And we can take our kids through it together. Yes, that that is one of the things we really wanted to do with the book, too. I'm with you. Same way. Um, it, it was, it was really a long time. I'd been a Christian for a long time before I, I really started understanding how some of these things fit together, just from a timeline perspective, you know, to think about the fact that, well, you get into, you know, some of the prophets and these, these people actually lived at the same time as each other. And who was the king, uh, when this person, uh, was prophesying. So different things like that. It, it just, it makes, when you start seeing those things in a holistic kind of way, it, it starts in some ways to make the Bible make make sense. And I, I think it really helps generally too 
battle uh, just a, a growing issue of biblical illiteracy, not not just with mm-hmm. kids, but with adults too, you know, to see the, the holistic timeline, as you said. Yeah, and I remember, I mean, it was just, I think last year during one of my Bible studies, I'm like, oh my goodness, like Jeremiah, Ezra, and Daniel all lived in the same right. time period. Right. Like, what in the world? Yes. <laughs> and I remember telling my kids that at dinner, like, I learned this in Bible study today. This is so amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, and I think that's another important thing that we can talk about too, is don't feel like we have to be the one with the answers. I think our kids like to see when we're learning too, or when we get excited, or when we're learning the truth. Um, because I mean, you know, we could be students of the Bible our whole lives and there's always going to be something we're learning. And so I think, you know, for those who may feel like, I don't know the Bible that well, well, this is perfect. Like <laughs> you can yeah. go through it with these devotions and you're going to be learning along with them. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it, one of the things that we've done in recent years in family devotions, that's, that's really been neat is as our kids have gotten older and, you know, we, and we've experienced the same kind of eye rolling, you know, that's, that's, that you talked about. One yeah. of the things that we've done is spread out the leadership of family devotion time to, to where now we sort of rotate between each member of the family. So, you know, I'll, I will lead devotion on a day and then our teenagers will lead one day. And it's, it's really, really neat to see them take up the Bible and have a little bit of confidence to know that this is actually not rocket science. I really actually can read the Bible for myself I can help somebody else read the Bible too. Uh, it, it's been such a neat thing to see them take on that that mantle and role of leadership more and more. That I hope, I, you know, I really do. I hope by God's grace, it's something that serves them well for the rest of their lives. Okay, you've just given me the best idea because I'm like, I'm always doing it, or my husband's always doing it. All our kids could read now. We could yeah. say, okay, we just we'll have rotating schedule. I yeah, think they'll yeah. actually like that, where they can they could be the one reading the verses out loud and getting the things for the object lesson. Okay, I'm getting excited about this yeah. now. This is going to be great. Yeah, and I, I do think that. I mean, we want um, our kids not only to listen, but I when they do share, when they do teach, it is that extra level of it becomes more meaningful to them because they're sharing it with another person. Yes, I think that's exactly, I think that is exactly true. It, it, that's, that's also true of us, though, you know? I mean, I, I think this is, um, you know, it, it feels like that we never believe things as strongly as we do as when we are forced mm. to articulate them to someone else, you know? And, and it goes down to even simple stuff. Maybe this is one of the reasons why the Lord wants us to sing on a, on a weekly basis basis or a daily basis, whatever the case may be. You know, I mean, that's a command of the Bible. Sing to the Lord, sing to the Lord. Right. And it seems like a strange command, but but I think that when we express our our faith, it's it's not only uh, as a means of glorifying God, there's a personal benefit to that. It's that our faith is bolstered, like we are strengthened by the expression of the things that we need to uh, know to be true. And we all need that. We all need that. Oh, that is so good. Okay, there's so many good things in this book. And it's a thick, it's a thick book. I love it. It is. Um, <laughs> I, I'm sure it took some time to write it all and get it all Man, together. It, yes, it, uh, it it did. It was one of those things, honestly, where, where, you know, you come up with the idea for the book and then you're like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if, you know, based on our experience of, of doing this for several years, it'd be great if we had like an object lesson for every day. Yeah, that's a great idea. Let's, I, I want to do that. <laughs> And then you start thinking, oh my goodness, that's, 
boy, you can only play Simon Says so many times. That's a lot of <laughs> that's a lot of object lessons and games to figure out. So it uh, you know, hope, hopefully, hopefully it's not too repetitive. It's got some variety. It's you know, it, I, I will say that one of the most discouraging days in the whole process was you know, you, you write this book and you get it all done and you feel like it's really, really good and you turn it in and then and then the editor comes back several weeks later and, and he says, Michael, man, I, I want you to know this is, he's given me the compliment sandwich. You can tell it's the compliment sandwich, you know, when it's coming. This is really, really exactly. good. <laughs> yeah. Really appreciate what you've done here. Unfortunately, the the object lesson on day 237 is pretty much the same as the one on day 43. So you're going to have to rewrite, and then it's just crushing because then it's another object lesson you got to you got to figure out. You're like, oh, I have to find another object That's right. lesson. That's well, right. That's well, right. the good news is that you figured it out for us. So, yeah, that's so right. you, put in, you put in the hard work and we just get to sit down and like, oh, this is great. I'll go gra- gather some things from the kitchen. We got this taken care of. So that's right. thank you for making it easy for us. Ah, it's, my pl- it's my pleasure. Glad, glad to have it done. Glad to have it done. Oh, this is great. All right. So for those who are saying, okay, this is a book that I want and I need. I want to start this with my family. Where can they f- go to find more information about you? And then again, the title is The Whole Story for the Whole Family, A Year of Jesus-centered family devotion. So where can we go to find more information? Sure, sure. So that, you know, you could get the book uh, at most most any place you would order books online. Um, but if you want a central location, other than going to, you know, Barnes & Noble or Amazon or Lifeway or wherever like that, if you go to wholestorywholefamily.com, uh, that can route you out to all of those places. But again, wh- whatever, wherever you generally buy books, it's available. Uh, and then as far as I go, you know, I, I, uh, write three or four, uh, original, uh, blog posts every week and, and they are about, uh, discipleship in general, discipleship in the family, in the workplace, in the church. Uh, and, uh, and those go up at Michael Kelly. Uh, my last name is K E L L E Y dot C O not dot com, but Michael Kelly dot C O. And we will make sure and put those in the show notes. So if you're like, wait, I'm driving. I didn't get a chance to write that down. If you just go to trishagoyer.com and click on podcast, we will have all those links for you. But Michael, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for encouraging us. Thank you for getting all those object lessons done <laughs> so we don't have to worry about it. Well, it's my pleasure. I really appreciate the opportunity to uh, to be on with you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Special Agent Caden Denning is part of a special task force assigned to catch a serial killer targeting military families. Only he needs Ava Jackson's help to do so. When the killer turns aside on Ava, the investigation turns into a fight to survive. Best-selling author Lynette Easton's newest novel starts with a bang as secrets are revealed and the guilty are brought to justice. Purchase your copy of Hostile Intent wherever books are sold.
Thank you for tuning in to The Trisha Goyer Show. I hope you received help and inspiration. That's what I'm here for. Now remember, if you would like to submit a question, email it to hello at trishagoyer.com and I can't wait until we connect again.